0: Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church We hope that God uses this message to encourage you And help you grow deeper in your faith We want to welcome those online, thanks for joining us It's great to have you, and those in the room, my name's Nathan, I'm the lead pastor at LifeGate Well as I said to the people in the room, we have a special treat this morning my, uh, The most gorgeous person in the whole room is speaking My beautiful wife, there she is Will you welcome my wife up to speak this morning? Come on. Come on, I'm going to pray for her and then she's going to bring the word. Are you ready, Michelle? Is it going to be good? Yes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that Michelle has to bring the word. And Father, we pray you anoint her for this task to preach your word, remind her of what she's prepared, give her clarity of thought, give her all that she needs. But Father, I pray that you would open our, open our hearts those who are watching online, those in the room, God, that you would open our hearts up for what you want to say to us today. Give us ears, hearts, open to hear from you. May you speak and may you bring transformation to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Well, hello, everybody. Hello to those who have joined us online. I just want to remind you that you can write comments in the chat bar and at any point that you feel that you need prayer, you can press the request here button. Everyone else in the room, you have to wait to the end. There is no request here, button. Um, I want to start this morning by telling you a little bit about my background. This is me as a little person. That was what I was expecting. This is me. um, And I grew up in a family with Christian parents. So my dad became a Christian in his, I think he was about 16 or 17 years of age. And my mum became a Christian in her 20s. Neither of their parents were Christians at the time. Um, and so you'd, they'd be what you'd call first generation Christians and I guess I'm a second generation Christian. Um, I became a Christian when I was just very young and throughout my life I could see that God was moving and working and helping um, to, with me with the plans of my life and jobs and things like that um, and the other thing that I could see God do was that if I went through a difficult circumstance I could see that God was with me really closely and um, the other thing that would happen is that if I was going through something difficult I'd cry out to God and he would change the circumstance so it'd either be really close or change um, yeah change the circumstances so that I didn't have to go through that anymore when I was 25 I was told I had two skin cancers two BCCs that needed to be removed one on the side of my face and one on the top of my head and that started for me a a battle or a struggle of a different kind that didn't follow the model of the previous ones. In 2017, I was told that I had another skin cancer that needed to be removed. It was about my ninth one. I'd had others over the years. Um, And this one was, like, right here near my eyebrow. And I cried out to God to heal me. I'd been praying that he would heal me since probably 2000... since 2008, when I realised that this might be an ongoing thing when I got my third and fourth skin cancers. And I prayed that he would heal me, because I didn't want to go through surgery to have my eyebrow cut and shortened. Um, I get super anxious about anything medical. And I knew I didn't want to keep going through this in the future. And so I prayed that he would heal me, and he didn't. And I had to go through the surgery. And looking back, I can see that that particular circumstance rattled my faith a lot. And um, it didn't fit the normal pattern of what I'd seen God do before. One of the things that I will do if I'm struggling is that I will write in a journal just to try and process what I'm thinking. And I'm going to share with you just a little bit of what I wrote back in 2019, so two years after that surgery. I wrote, I have struggled to trust God. I have felt like I'm in the wilderness and that I'm never going to be free, alive or whole properly again. There has been a darkness inside me that I have not been able to shift. It has come about in part, a large, large part, due to having nine skin cancers and that one of the more recent ones resulted in my eyebrow being cut and shortened. Oh, and I even have a photo to show you the after look. For some reason, it rattled me, this is what I continued to write in my journal. As a result, I have battled poorly against the doubts, fears and lies that have come my way over the last few years. And I then went on to write about another few struggles that I was having that contributed to having these doubts come against me. One was that I had shared something with someone that I thought God had wanted me to share and I'd done it very poorly, and as a result, I really hurt that person. And so I wrote this in this same journal entry. This is what I wrote about that. I said, this has also rattled me so deeply. I have carried a feeling of pain, guilt, and failure for the last two years, and I have struggled to let it go. I then wrote about a friendship that had ended, that I'd struggled with, and it caused me to doubt my self-worth. And I wrote about having poor thinking that led me to having feelings of frustration and shame. Now, perhaps if you've been a Christian for a while, you might be able to relate relate to this time of doubt or having doubts in your faith. And perhaps you've had um, similar circumstances that have helped bring those doubts on. The doubts or the things that caused me to have doubts were that I had circumstances where God didn't do what I wanted or hoped for him to do. I had pain and disappointment and I didn't deal with that as well as I should have. I had past failures and unforgiveness towards myself. I had difficulties in relationships and I had unhealthy thinking or beliefs and throw in there some sin and then I was in a bit of a mess. But sometimes I think that doubts don't come because things are not going well. Sometimes we can start to doubt that That we need God when things are going really well. Because look how well we're doing. Our job is going well. Our relationships are all good and maybe haven't prayed for a while. And do I really need God because I'm doing all right without Him? So I think doubts can start to come from that as well. Or looking at other people who aren't Christians who are going really well and thinking, do I need God because they seem to be fine without Him? Can all contribute. Sometimes our doubts come as a result of someone treating us poorly especially if that person is a Christian and we have expectations that they would act differently to what they have. And I think that's even more difficult to deal with when we have um, people who treat us poorly, that are Christians, who don't acknowledge the hurt or don't apologise for the pain that they've caused. Have you ever found yourself in a season of doubt or having doubts about your faith? If you have, or if you haven't, and but one day you might, or perhaps you're having them right now, and you think to yourself, what should I do? Well, today I want to share with you six things that I did during that time that, looking back, were really important uh, to help us when a season of doubt comes. And the first thing that I think we need to do is to not rely on our feelings. We live in a society that says we should trust our heart. There's things that... um, that come up on Facebook or social media of some kind, ads, TV, we hear our friends say it, and that is things like this, pay attention to your gut and trust your feelings. That's how we're supposed to decide things. That's what people tell us to do. Or this one, always trust your heart. It may be on the left, but it's always right. <laughs> yes, that one made me laugh too. I... Um, I... I think it's always important that as Christians we go, what does the Bible say about that? Is that what God says? And if we look in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, it says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. So we cannot trust our heart like everybody tells us that we should. And I think we can see that really easily when we just want to get healthy and we either want to exercise or we want to eat well and then we go, I really don't feel like that today or... You know what I really need? I had a bad day and I really need some chocolate. <laughs> if we trust our feelings every time, we will have eaten the block of chocolate and be shopping for some more. So we can't trust our heart. And in the Bible, there's stories of people who trusted their feelings and it went very poorly. That shows us again that trusting our heart is not the best way to make decisions. Feelings are not bad, let me say that, but they're not things that we can rely on to make decisions. We just have to look at King David who noticed a married woman bathing on her rooftop, decided that he quite liked that lady, had an affair with her and then to make matters worse put her husband at the front of battle and had him killed because he followed his heart for this woman or King Saul, who before David was king, didn't like, king, uh, didn't like David because he was doing really well, and his feelings were that David was not okay and he was jealous, and so he trusted those feelings and tried to kill David several times. We cannot rely on our feelings to make our choices in life, and often we rely on those feelings to make decisions for our faith. But if we do that, when we have feelings that God is distant from us, then we're led to believe that God is distant from us or that he's not there or perhaps he's forgotten about us or that he's angry with us. If we feel that um, God hasn't spoken to us clearly or we haven't sensed his presence for a while, then perhaps we are led to believe then that our faith is a lie. Or if we feel that God doesn't do something that he should have done, then we can think that God is a bad God, that he isn't good and... That we can't trust what he says and we can end up walking away from our faith. Instead, we need to do what we read in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, which says that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Our job is to walk not according to circumstances and feelings, but according to what the Bible teaches and our faith in Jesus. As well as not relying on our feelings. The next thing we need to do is to recognise we are in a spiritual battle. There are lots of verses in the Bible that talk about that. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief, this is Jesus talking about Satan. He is, Satan is the thief that will come to steal, kill and destroy. That's his goal. This is from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 12, which says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a spiritual battle. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. And James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All these verses show that we are in a spiritual battle, and the reason we're in that battle is because we have chosen to follow Jesus. And when you choose to follow Jesus, you become an enemy of Satan. He didn't love you before, but he hates you now, because you are following Jesus and not giving any honour to what Satan wants. And his job then, as we read in John 10.10, is to steal, kill and destroy. And he does that in lots of ways in our lives. But his ultimate goal is to stop us from following Jesus and just make us turn away from the truth about who Jesus is. And we need to be very careful who we listen to if we're having seasons of doubt. And we need to remember um, also to be aware of what we're thinking because Jesus says this about Satan. Satan. In John 8, verse 44, he says, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. When Satan speaks, he will lie to us. But like with Adam and Eve, he said, Did God really say, often the doubts will come? A bit like that. Did God really say, is God really like, can you really trust lots of questions and then throwing in some lies. If God was really trustworthy, he would, have, he would have healed you of your skin cancers. Things like that will come against us. So we have to be aware of what Satan, Satan's tactics are. Now, as I said, we are in a spiritual battle. And when I think about earthly battles, I'm reminded of things like this. Whoops. Sorry, wrong way. I'm reminded of things like this, that no earthly battle is going to be fought and won by one person. We see images like this of people in a war and they are in the trenches together. They are fighting along each, alongside each other in order to see the battle won. And our job as Christians is to be helping each other, encouraging one another, supporting each other and fighting alongside each other. So it's important that we continue to meet with other Christians. I thought it's not necessarily just the physical war battles that we see as well in life, but this is a transformed Cambodia leadership team and they are fighting the battle against poverty, but still it has to be done with other people. And so that's our job as well, to get alongside one another. If we have a look at Hebrews 10:23 to 25, it says, let us hold on firmly to the hope we profess because we can trust God to keep his promise. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. At LifeGate, we we do this by meeting together. You're here today. You are meeting with other Christians. We do it through life groups catching up with your Christian friends and people over morning teas and during the week. And also, um, we can help you find a mentor if you want one of those to help you in your journey as well. But it's so important that we are coming together and meeting with one another somehow. If you're online, that's your way of coming together and meeting with one another. And I would say at this point, if you're at home and you're watching online and you're able to come to the service, then I encourage you to come. There's something special about being at church. So if you are able to come, then come. If you're not able to come, then keep on meeting online because it is still a great way of connecting with people. And the reason that we need to keep on meeting together, it says it here, is our job is to encourage one another. And we talked before about the verse where Um, The Satan will go around like a lion looking for someone to devour. If you watch any of those documentaries of lions looking for something to devour, it's always the weakest one, the one that's a little bit out of the herd that he will go for. So it's important that we keep on meeting together. During my two years of the intense doubts coming and struggles, I have to be honest and didn't say I didn't particularly feel like going to life group or going to church, but again, it's important to ignore the feelings of I don't really feel like doing that, to do what is better. And so going to life group was actually really, really important. If you're in my life group, I mentioned this a little bit at our life group on Thursday, to say thank you to those people because without them, I don't know where I'd be. Those people at life group and even people at church who shared their story encouraged me during that season and that's why we meet together So another reminder, if sometimes you think to yourself, I'm doing okay, I don't really need to go to church this week because I'm doing all right. I, I listened to, I did my devotion yesterday. I listened to worship music, I'm all right. Remember, there are people who need your story. They need your encouragement and they are coming to church and they need you alongside them. So instead of coming to church just for what you might get out of it or what you can give in worship or what God might speak to you, I encourage you to remember there are people around you who need you. Like those soldiers in the trenches, they need you there alongside them. Another thing that we need to do is to keep on reading our Bible. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the Bible, we see that he used the scriptures to counter the attacks of the enemy, and we are to do the same. We're to know what the Bible says is true and to use that to our advantage in the battle. During um, the time of doubt that I went through, I made sure I went and read the Bible. It was hard. Again, feelings said, it, this is not really very helpful. The, the words just seemed like words on a page. Nothing particularly spoke to me. I didn't feel like God was moving and working as I, as I read but I kept doing it anyway. And these days we have lots of different opportunities for reading the Bible. We've got the actual Bible that you might have at home. We've got apps that you can get the Bible on. You can listen to the Bible read to you as you're in your car or on the train. There's lots of different ways you can do that. One of the things that I did was that I used the first five app. It was originally designed for women, but men use it too. And it is a really good tool for helping you to go back to what does the Bible say and listening to some teaching in your own time about the Bible and finding out about the culture at the time. They know what they're talking about and it was excellent. I went back to reading about um, Jesus' time on earth and you can see that in the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I read Mark and I read John through the first five app and it was really good just to go back to basics for me in that season to remember what did Jesus do? How did he act? What did he teach? And to find out remind myself of what he went through on the cross and why. was really important. Another app you can use is the YouVersion app if you want some plans to go through to make your Bible reading easier. The next thing I would say that we should keep on doing, even in a season of doubt, is to worship and praise God. And the reason that we do that Regardless, again, of how we're feeling, we may not feel like worshipping, but the reason that we do that is because worship reminds us of who God is. Amen. It reminds us of who we are, and that compared to God, we're nothing, that He is much greater than us. It reminds us that we need God. It reminds us of what God can do, that he is the one who brings miracles, that he is the one who breaks chains off our life, that he is the one who changes us and saves us. It reminds us of who God is, that he is our strength, our shield. He's the one who fights our battles. He is the provider and he is the one who forgives us. And it gave me the opportunity and a little reminder to cry out to God in the middle of the struggle. One of the songs, I was telling Hannah this this morning, one of the songs that... Um, I would listen to a fair bit and we sang at church a lot at the time was the song here again that we sang this morning Hannah didn't know that so when I first walked into church hearing her practice I got a little bit teary that God was moving and using that situation just as an encouragement um, to remind me that he is here and he is um, looking after us. I'm just going to very quickly read you some of the words that really meant a lot to me at the time. Some of the words were As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Uh, and Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness your glory appears because I felt pretty weak at the time. But I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? So that was my my, um, cry of my heart, I guess, in that season. And to sing, not for a a minute, was I forsaken. And at the time, it felt like God was a long way away. And it didn't necessarily feel that he was close to me or that I was not forsaken. But looking back, I can see there was not a time where God was not there with me. And that that song is really um, something that really helped. In Psalm 22, verse 3, there's a verse... It can be translated as God inhabits or God dwells in the praises of his people. God moves when we worship him. And that is one of the reasons that we should keep on worshipping, particularly if we find ourselves in a battle um, and doubting. And the last thing that I did was to remember what God had done in the past. As I said, I became a Christian at quite a young age. And so I had the opportunity to look back over my life and see what God had done. And again, in the season of doubt, when the doubts were were at their worst, I would say that even that, um, doubts came even about what God had done in the past. Did God really do that stuff? But there were some things I could not explain away without God, and so I stuck to those ones because it had to have been God moving. I remember hearing people's stories, people that I knew from church, about what God had been doing in their life and how God had changed them. And they were not from a Christian family. They had nothing to do with Jesus at all, but he had miraculously changed them. And they will tell you that today. So I remembered their stories. I remembered that when my kids were little, I had seen them healed. My son, Aidan, had a fever when he was little. I remember him sitting on my lap. I checked his temperature, and I remember praying for him, and I felt this little cool breeze come out of nowhere, and then it was gone. And so I checked his temperature again, and his fever was gone. And then um, I've had a couple of miscarriages in the past. And after after the second one in particular, I had this heavy grief that came on me every night. And I remember one night saying to God, I don't want to carry this anymore. I don't want to have this anymore. But I don't know how to get rid of it. And I was going to go to bed. And as, you know, good Christians do, I was going to read the Bible. And I felt like God said, no, read that. Read that other book you've been reading, which is called Extravagant Worship, by Darlene Check, So I got it out, opened it to the chapter that I was up to that I hadn't started yet. And as I read, it was Darlene Check's story of having a miscarriage at 12 weeks. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I wouldn't have had any idea that was in here. Never read the book before. And as I read, it was about how God had um, encouraged her to worship him in the middle of her grief and her sadness. And I felt to myself that that's what I was supposed to do too, So everyone else in my house was asleep, so I got some headphones, put on some worship music, quietly worshipped God, cried a lot. Um, And in the process, God showed me a vision, which I won't go into because it'll take too long, but if you want to hear, I'm happy to tell people later on. But in that vision and through that situation, God revealed that he loved me and cared about me, and as a result, the grief lifted and it never came back. I could see that as I looked back through my life with my job, I didn't know what to do when I was in high school, and I could see, though, that different jobs and different circumstances, God had worked together in a way that I could not have done in order to get me where I am today. And another thing I really enjoyed doing at the time was uh, my son Joel and I will read the Louis Giglio Kids' Devotion books, and so we would open those up and we'd read one of those every night, and it's all around God's creation, and how great God's creation is, and how God's creation teaches us about who God is and who we are, and that was a really important reminder to me going through that season, and that, uh, that made me more aware of what I saw around me in creation as well, of the greatness of God and the detail in creation, and that He was there and had made it all. Now as I mentioned earlier, I think we all go through seasons of doubt, sometimes more so than others, and at different parts of our journey. And I think it's important to remember that how we get through that will depend on the choices that we make. I can pinpoint one really significant part in my journey in this whole season of doubt that helped me get through the other side and was where things shifted. I was just at home doing housework and I was listening to some worship music and the doubts had been particularly strong um, in the weeks leading up to this particular circumstance. And I remember feeling like I needed to make a choice. Either I walk away from my faith or I choose to follow Jesus. And on that day, I can remember, I went back over some of those things that I knew had been true from the past. And what I knew, as I said, I had worship music on. And I remember with the tiniest little bit of faith from way down deep somewhere inside, I remember thinking, I do believe this is true. I had all the doubts coming at me anyway, but there was something, I knew this was true. And that day, nothing significant happened, the, you know, didn't see any angels or whatever, but something shifted, a very small change that day. And that day, um, and from that day on, the doubts started to get less frequent and less intense over days and weeks and months. And my faith started to be built up more and more and more over the days and weeks and months and as i read the bible it started to come alive again which it hadn't been for a long time and when i prayed it was easier to pray it was easier to worship than it hadn't been uh, than it had been before it's now been many months since i feel like i've come out of that season of intense doubt and now i have a much deeper knowing of who god is and that what he says is good and true. I recently had four skin cancers removed. I don't know if you remember, because I was here at church with different bandages at different times. One of them happened to be in exactly the same place as the one that rattled me all those years ago. But this time, it didn't rattle me. This time, God had changed my heart through that season so that instead, I didn't knew I didn't like having skin cancers. That hasn't changed and are still not good at having the surgery done. But instead, I um, am looking at it as a... In this life, we have trouble. And this is one of the troubles that I've got in life at present. God can still heal me. Hasn't yet. Um, And it's just something that I have to, to deal with, I guess, at the time. And God is with me in the middle of it. And that my focus isn't supposed to be on now and being okay now. My focus is supposed to be on eternity. That one day... It will be okay. One day, I will be healed completely. One day, God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. And one day, it'll all be worth it. The years of doubt were awful. But through it, I now have a greater understanding of God's forgiveness for me. And that he can take away shame and guilt from any of us if we ask him to. During that season, I cried, I struggled, I wrestled, I had lots of conversations with Nathan about what I was going through. Um, And as I said, it felt like God was completely distant from me. But as a result of that season, as I said, I feel that my faith is stronger now, that I have a more accurate view of what I'm supposed to do in life. And I'd had wrong thinking before that. As I said, there were six things that kept me going through that season, I suppose. Six things that strengthened me that I didn't realise at the time and one decision that I did believe what the Bible said about Jesus that got me out the other side. And looking back, those six things that I did that are up on the screen were so important. At the time, they didn't seem to make much of a difference. At the time, they didn't seem to have a huge impact on me at all but they were really important because they were strengthening my faith and teaching me what was true in the middle of it. So if you find yourself in a season of doubt today or one day, I want you to remember these six things. And if you're feeling that doubt today, then I want you to have a look and I want, to, want you to think to yourself, how are you going with those six things? Is there something on that list you no longer do? Or perhaps is there a few things that you might not do anymore? in a season of doubt. And I want you to think, what's one thing that I can start again? Or if you're doing all of them but not very regularly, what's one thing that I can do more often? And if you are in a good place at the moment, and if you look at those six things and say, yep, I do those, is there one thing, perhaps, that you don't actually do as much as you used to do? Or that you think you could do more of or be more intentional around? It's going to give you 30 seconds to have a think about which one of those things do you want to um, choose today to change. And perhaps if you're in a season of doubt and you're doing all six of those things, perhaps today is the day to make that one little small step of faith and say, I do believe what the Bible says. I do believe Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and that I can be forgiven. That one little one little bit of faith. The Bible tells us that we have faith as small as a mustard seed, that God can do great things. That's all he needs in order to work. So have a think, and, um, and then I'll pray for you after you've had a think about which one of these things do you need to do again or do more often. I just want to pray for everyone. Lord God, I thank you that you are a good God and that even in the middle of battles and even in the middle of doubts and feeling like you are a long way away, that you are not. So today, Lord, as people look at this list and think about something that they can start doing or continue doing more intentionally, Lord, that you will help them in the days ahead and that as they continue to do that and as they continue to trust you, that they will see a change in their walk, whether they're going well or not, Lord, that people will have a deeper understanding of you and a greater knowledge of who you are and who they are to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, remember that doubts come, and if you are in that season today, I am here standing here telling you that what you have believed about Jesus in the Bible, that he is God's son, that he died on the cross and rose again, it is true, and to keep on pressing forward and keep on trusting him because he is the one who'll get you through the other side. We just have to keep on keeping on and trusting him regardless of what it looks like around us. Thank you to those who have joined us online today. And I encourage you, um, you might want to write something in the chat bar if that's helpful for you or request prayer and someone can pray with you if anything today um, stood out to you from our service or if you have a need. So have a great day to those people. And for everyone else, I invite the prayer team forward. And if you would like prayer today, perhaps you've been struggling with doubt or perhaps you've got a different need. It doesn't have to be connected to what I've been pr- um, speaking about. But if you have something you would like prayer for, then we have a prayer team who are here to pray with you and to stand alongside you just like we saw in that picture of people fighting together. That's what we're here for. So i going to pray and then if you don't want prayer, I just encourage you to head out and have morning tea. Lord God, I thank you again for this morning. I thank you for each person that you've brought here. And Lord, I ask that you will continue to reveal to us your heart for us and your plan for us. And Lord, that today anyone who's struggling with doubt will know that you hear them, that you see them and that you are the one that gets us through the other side. Of that battle. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks
0: so much for checking out this message. Lifegate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.